TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. The scoop. It's The Scoop with Doogie. Welcome, everyone, to Scoop Podcast episode 219 on the second Monday in April the 8th. We had him on last week, and he's riding the good luck train. If such a thing exists, hey, we brought him good luck, maybe, who knows, but hey, he offered to come right back on the podcast. So we will start the podcast with former Virginia Cavaliers guard Devin Hall, played for Virginia for five years. His eligibility expired last year, so he was on the team that lost as a one seed. He is in the Twin Cities right now. He'll be rooting on his alma mater tonight as they attempt to win their first ever national championship. In fact, Virginia playing for the national championship for the first time in program history. Let's catch up with Devin Hall. Devin, thanks for being back on the podcast. We're recording this conversation, what is it, just a little before three o'clock, about what, five, five and a half hours away from tip off. What are your emotions right now as you hope to see your Virginia Cavaliers win their first ever national championship? I mean, I think I, I can't be anything but excited going into it. Um, this is something that's uh, never been done before, never happened. So, you know, first time, you know, a guy, a lot of guys are coming back, a lot of guys are, you know, happy for them. And the fan fan base has traveled so well, so I'm happy to be here. I mean, are you a believer in the basketball gods, fate, destiny? I mean, just the way that Virginia won in the Elite Eight, won in the Final Four on Saturday at U.S. Bank Stadium. Heck, even going back to. The round of 64, the round of 32, I mean, they've played a lot of really close games. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a believer in, in UVA basketball, so I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to ride with them to the end no matter what. So, uh, yeah, being a believer in the basketball guy, I guess God helps too. But, but uh, I'm rolling with UVA no matter what because I'm a believer in them and the way they do things. What are you doing pregame? I mean, are you hanging out with a bunch of alums and just hanging out here in the Twin Cities just fastly awaiting yeah. tip-off? Yeah, yeah. There's some uh, there's some guys here that I'm hanging out with, and you know, some alums, Justin's here, Joe's here, and some uh, guys are coming back. So it's good to see them. Did a lot of those people have plans to be here, or was it one of those deals? Once you saw them win on Saturday, people were were scrambling to get here for tonight. Well, uh, Justin was here on uh, for the Saturday game, so but uh, he did, so when the, once they won, he knew he was coming back. I think Joe might have scrambled to get here, but I mean, I think Malcolm's coming as well. This is uh, this is thing you can't miss. All right, so you were here on Saturday, right? What was it like being at U.S. Bank Stadium? Um, intense, obviously. Uh, the way that the game ended and for the end like that, to go down all the way to the wires, that's, that's just uh, crazy to see. But two games in a row has been like that. So, I mean, at 57-47, were you thinking, you know, we have this thing in the bag, even though Ty Jerome picked up his fourth foul? It's a long game, man, like, Five minutes is fifty-seven forty-seven. Or five or five, four or five minutes ago, uh, it's a long game. You can't really say, "All right, let's pack it in." We we got it, hold the ball type thing. Um, that's why I mean, you saw them come back and take the lead. So, and then how about just the craziness of the final? You know, ten seconds. I mean, it starts with with Kyle Guy making just an unbelievable shot, right? The three pointer that that is a little bit forgotten. He makes the three, and then for him to calmly you know get to the free throw line and, and make all three, you know, and they tried to ice him after that second free throw. I mean, Kyle yeah. Guy showed unbelievable guts on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, a dude is tough as nails. I mean, if you take, if you see some of the – I don't think his confidence ever has wavered in, in his life. If you check and see some of the shots he, he takes every once in a while, then you'll, you'll realize, like, if, if, he, if he's the blink of an eye and he's open, he's, he's letting it go. So him not going up to the free throw line was, 
I had all confidence in him when he went. What was it like being his teammate for, what was it, a couple years? And, I mean, did he always have that confidence? I mean, he was a McDonald's All-American. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just his personality. Knowing knowing himself well, knowing that he can shoot the ball so well, he's just uh, confident in himself, and he shouldn't pass up any shots ever. All right, so as he is approaching the free throw line, well, actually, let's rewind. I mean, as as he's going up for the shot and it doesn't go, did you think instantly being there in the crowd that, that the game was over, that Auburn had won the game, and then, you know, for a second, did you gather yourself and see, okay, the refs blew the whistle. might have been hard to see, you know, split second. But then, you know, as you gathered yourself and you see that the, the refs called a foul, and then when he gets to the free throw line, I mean, once he got to the free throw line, was there any doubt in your mind that he'd find a way to make all three? To be quite honest with you, there wasn't a doubt in my mind that he was that he was going to miss that he was going to miss any. I knew he was going to knock him down just because just like it's, he's a hell of a shooter. It's Kyle, like he's got unbelievable guts, and I mean I trusted him to go up there and knock him down. And I mean, did you see the foul right away? Like as you're watching live, whatever section you were in, how many rows up? I mean, did you instantly see okay that he was fouled? No, no I couldn't see it, so I didn't know what happened. I thought the game was over, but then I saw the ref walking towards like he like kind of like waved the shot kind of like waved off and like put his hand up with this emotion and i saw the bench like kind of start clapping and i was like well what happened and i look up at the, the screen and i saw the foul call i mean it would just it had to be nuts i mean you're surrounded by all these virginia fans i mean what was that what was that swing of emotion like thinking okay we lost the game to okay we have a chance to win to kyle guy making all three free throws and knowing that you were going to win the game Goes quiet and loud, quiet and loud, super quick. And okay, and what about the double dribble controversy? And you could argue, actually, Ty Jerome's jersey was grabbed right before the double dribble. So it's one of those yeah, deals I mean, where there's so many judgment calls. That's 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 in the situation where you can't sit here and try to do the ref job. That's their job to do it. And um, like, there's so many missed calls in the game of basketball being played. Uh, you know, the the entire game. So you can't be, you can't sit here and not try to nitpick. Yes, it was. If it could have been called, the foul could have been called, but like the ref didn't call either one. So, I mean, it ended up being how it was. Were you worried, though? I mean, as you're watching their live, did you pick up on the potential of a double dribble? I thought, it, I thought, I thought uh, the guy had hit the ball, so I couldn't see. It. So I saw videos of you know what, what actually happened. So I don't like I don't know. I didn't I didn't know that it actually went off his foot or whatever. What about the brilliance of Ty Jerome? I mean, I'm guessing that you weren't surprised, but, I mean, he is really making a name for himself. Yeah, I mean, if you know him, then you know how much guts he has and how, you know, how clutch of a player he is. He's ready to play on on, uh, on these big stages. He's uh, he's extremely talented and skilled, man. He, he He's, he's a, kind of the engine for them, and he, he kind of, you know, makes things go and makes the right read. So you see how good of a player he is. How do you size up the matchup tonight? Uh, maybe a good one. Uh, I mean, I guess it'd be a you know very low scoring game, be a defensive oriented oriented uh, team. But uh, <laughs> that's a joke. But like, I don't know, man. It'll be a good one to watch. You see some good matchups, good guards, and uh, it'll be a battle. It's going to be a good national championship game. I mean, is there one battle in particular? I mean, maybe as a guard. I mean, maybe it's just you know the two the two guards against Texas Tech guards. But is there any one particular matchup like you're looking very much forward to? To keying in on, like maybe it would be Jerome, you know, against Mooney or whatever it might be. Uh, maybe I don't know, man. I think I think the, the matchup of you know maybe Culver and Hunter guarding each other, like they're both mm-hmm. light size, so that's interesting to see. Um, you know that that'll be good to see. Can you drift ahead? Can you think about what late tonight could be like? I mean, can you start to 
to make plans with all your buddies. Hey, this is what we're going to do when we win the national championship. Or can your mind not drift that far forward? No, nah, it's, it's hard for like being a basketball player. It's hard to do that. I mean, you know, I play games and, you know, I've, I've gone through the ups and downs of it. So, like, for me to just stick ahead, I just stay in the moment, the part of who I am and the part of being a hooper. Have you had much contact with whether it's Coach Bennett, the rest of the coaching staff, some of the players in the last 24 hours? And do you have a sense for, for how jacked up and how ready they are for tonight? I spent, I spent a, a bit of time with, I'm not with Coach, but I, I mean, I talked to Coach a few times since I've been here and seen him a bunch, but I haven't, like, got into depth with him or anything about, you know, because. It's more of just like really good to see you type of thing. We don't really want to talk about basketball. We both live that life every day. But uh, the guys I've talked to plenty of times, spent some time with them. They're ready to go, man. Like if you if you're not ready to go and this is that championship, then you're in the wrong spot. Sure, definitely ready to go. But like you know, are there are there all sorts of nerves, or did the nerves maybe go away after after playing on Saturday? I don't know, man. You, you I mean, you would have to ask them that. I'm not sure. I can tell you what their nerves are, but. Um, I mean, maybe there are some nerves. That's a big, that's a big arena. That's a national championship game. But I think once the ball is tipped, that just runs away. Do you have a sense, Devin, of of how many Virginia fans are here? I mean, what the stadium will be like tonight? Man, it should be. A, I, I want to see a sea of orange. So I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure how many, but it was it was pretty pretty packed. Um, pretty packed on the Saturday game. So uh, hopefully, some more travel came to the game. What are some keys? I mean, when you think about, okay, Virginia has to do this and this to win the national championship, I mean, what, what stands out to you? I think guard the three-point line is important. Um, keep guys outside of the paint. I think these are just things that, you know, our defense is predicated on and rebounding the basketball, make sure guys don't get out in transition. So I think these are just, you know, some of the keys that they preach every single day. We'll hear a lot, I'm sure, on the broadcast tonight, you know, the pack line defense. How would you describe the pack line defense? It's uh, stop. It's frustrating to uh, even practice against or play against. It just uh, takes teams out of their rhythm and you know clogs the paint up. It's sure you know it's a help defense type of thing. But it does free up some three point opportunities or no? Um, I mean, it depends on like if we're not closing, we're closing out short, then yeah. Or but, if we're in rotation, then yeah. All right. Do you have a prediction? I mean, clearly you're biased, but but do you have a prediction as we head into tonight? No, a winning game with UVA side. That's that's my hope. That's my you know what I'm what I'm looking forward to. All right, Devin, enjoy your time tonight, and hopefully, you know, again, I get it. You can't drift too far ahead, but hopefully, you know, hopefully, you're not going to bed until about four, five, six in the morning after celebrating with the guys. Yeah, that'd be good, man. I, I'm I'm waiting on that. Former Virginia Cavalier Devin Hall, he'll be in attendance tonight, Virginia against Texas Tech at US Bank Stadium. For College Basketball's National Championship Scoop Podcast Episode 219 is brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is pleasant as possible, just like your family treats you. Find your health family at northmemorial.com slash family. Before I get to some notes, maybe my favorite story from the weekend. In fact, you know what? My favorite story, although I was at U.S. Bank Stadium on Saturday, so hard to complain about that, and that was a fun time. An interesting time sitting right behind the Auburn student section and the Michigan State student section, although more so the Auburn student section after the way that game, the finish, unfolded. But my favorite story from the weekend involves Lakeville North High School alum, St. Cloud State forward, 
Ryan Paling, I should say, ex-St. Cloud State forward Ryan Paling. He was a first-round pick of the Montreal Canadiens in 2017. Ended up playing three years at St. Cloud State. Ended up graduating high school early, so he could have played an extra year at Lakeville North. Ended up at St. Cloud State instead. Played there for a few years, then had a decision to make. Go back to St. Cloud State for another year or sign with the Montreal Canadiens. Well, the Canadiens presented one heck of an opportunity. Hey, they did draft him, so he decided to go pro. Ryan Paling of Lakeville makes his NHL debut. Debut on Saturday, Montreal's season finale. He ends up scoring a hat trick in his NHL debut. Only the second Canadian in that franchise's storied history. The last guy to score a hat trick in his opening NHL game for the Canadians was a guy in 1943. So Ryan Paling scores three goals, has a hat trick for the Canadians on Saturday night. The game goes to a shootout against Toronto. He ends up scoring the winning goal in the shootout. Eventually, Charlie Lindgren, who's a Lakeville guy, the Canadians goalie, former St. Cloud State goalie, Charlie Lindgren ends up making the save. The Canadians win the game. They beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. The debut for Ryan Palin could not have gone any better. His team wins. He scores a hat trick. He scores the winning goal in the shootout. So it was just a phenomenal weekend for Ryan, for his family, his mom, dad, his three brothers were in attendance in Montreal. Oh, by the way, the game was a home game for Montreal on Saturday. So Ryan Paling was the man in Montreal on Saturday night. On Monday morning, I caught up with Ryan's dad, Tim, to relive how great Saturday night was. Here's my conversation with Ryan Paling's dad, Tim Paling. Tim, are you still on cloud nine? I am still on cloud nine. Yeah, I think I'm still in shock. I mean, I'm thinking about just the series of events, like... I thought personally you would be going to the Frozen Four this week, that Ryan and St. Cloud State and your other sons would be maybe this weekend hoisting a national championship trophy. They lose in the first round, and that puts in motion the series of events that led to Saturday night. It is kind of crazy to think of it that way. I'm sure uh, Ryan would certainly trade what happened Saturday night to be playing next weekend. I know that for sure. Um, You know, I think it it goes to show that – you know, you're going to get knocked down, you have to get back up, and you don't know what's going to happen. You just got to keep going, and they've done that. You know, all, all my boys and most athletes get pretty accustomed to living their lives that way, so um, it was certainly a very bitter ending to the St. Cloud season. On so many fronts, it's just I've gotten to know a lot of those players really well, and they're just great kids, you know, and they literally they did all the things right. You know, they worked really hard off seasons. They were good human beings set their sights and then they lost the way they did it's it's been you know it's been pretty hard for them so um but uh i think there'll be a lot of kids that that will be experiencing you know what ryan experienced uh, from that team and that'll be certainly fun to watch take us through the series of events i mean maybe you knew right after the huskies lose that, that ryan would sign and he'd start his pro career but take us through the series of events when you get the phone call that ryan says hey i'm making my debut on saturday night yeah, so we, we had an idea that he would probably sign. It was one of those things we didn't talk about during the season because he wanted to focus on St. Cloud. And um, obviously things happened pretty fast after the after their seasons. And so we talked to him, um, gave him a day, and then talked to him after after the, the season. And the Canadians were great about it. They actually called us, uh, called me, Mark Bergman called, and said, you know, this is what we want to do. Um, and throughout the year a little bit, they kind of had given indications of what their plan was for him, uh, but they were supportive in whatever, you know, he wanted to do. So they didn't, they didn't really pressure him, you know, either way. They wanted him to sign and, and come uh, for the end of the season and then next year. So, um, 
you know, he made that decision. And again, I think it was kind of a bittersweet decision for him, especially in the aftermath of what had happened. Um, but, you know, it certainly worked out pretty well, pretty well for him. Yeah, I mean, okay, so let's go through the sequence of events Saturday night. I mean, you're just thinking as you're, as you're entering the arena, how cool is this? My son is making his NHL debut. Then he scores that first goal, and you have to be thinking, wow, right there, right? Like, great story. Then he scores a second, scores a third, scores the winner in the shootout. I mean, that's as good as it gets. It is as good as it gets. I mean, in Montreal, just, just having your son, you know, sign an NHL contract, that's kind of the first step. And then you go to Montreal and, and the history behind that building and how much the people there just love hockey. And you walk around, you see the statues of so many legends, Guy Lafleur and countless others, and, and it hits you, you know, how important hockey is to that city. And you just think, wow, my kid's going to be out on that ice you know, wearing a Montreal Canadiens jersey, and it's that's that's a crazy feeling. And then you know they let you do that lap, uh, kind of a, his, a tradition. You go out and you do a couple laps on your own. And and when that happened, I thought, wow, it can't get any better than this. And then he scored a goal, and I'm thinking that's really the icing on the cake. I hope they win the game. You know, get a goal, win your first NHL game, and then you know to score a second and a third. I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. I mean, he couldn't, I, it was like an out-of-body experience for a parent watching that. And then, um, and then in the shootout, you know, when they put him out there, I thought, oh boy, I don't know what's going to happen here. And it was just, it was just a very, you know, crazy, fun um, experience. You can't really describe how you feel. I still think I have Permagrin from the, from the weekend. <laughs> so what was it like post-game? I mean, was that embrace with Ryan as as good as it gets? Speaking of as good as it gets, I mean, you've embraced Ryan yeah. a ton. You've hugged him a ton. You've kissed him yeah. a ton. But yeah. did it get any better than late Saturday night? No, no, it really didn't. I mean, he came down. Our whole family was there. So Nick and Jack were there. Luke was there. Chris was there. And, and we went down below. And uh, he had, you know, a bunch of press stuff that he had to do. So he came in a little bit later. And, and uh, you know, we just looked at each other and said, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And uh, you know, gave him a big hug, hugged everybody. We went out to dinner after with him, and and it was just a really, really great night. It, it'll be a night that we never forget as a family. How about the fans and the way they embraced him? I mean, it was it was really it was magical. It was magical. It was um, it was so loud in there that it, it was just crazy. I mean, when he got his first goal, people were going nuts. And then as, as the night went on, it, it got even more. And then in the shootout, when he was lined up to shoot, I mean, you couldn't hear. And it was it was just electric in that building. And um, and then afterwards, he you know they they he brought him out to center ice and interviewed him. And I just you know you see his face close up on the jumbotron, and he's giving the interview, kind of looking around, taking it all in. And it was just you know hard to keep it together at that point. I mean, a little bit more on that on-ice interview. I mean, it seemed like it was hard for him to keep it all in, that that, that moment really captured him. I think it did capture it. It kind of showed who he is as a person. He's very he's an emotional kid. He's smart. He thinks a lot. And, you know, he when I was watching that and watching him look around and kind of look down, waiting for people to, to, to waiting for it to quiet down a little bit, I thought he's going to have a hard time holding it together here, which is why I think he probably... Uh, didn't speak a whole lot during that during that interview. I mean, does the cliche hold true? We were talking on the phone this morning. Does the cliche hold true that, that time does fly? I mean, does it feel like you were just driving him to, you know, a sports game or a sports practice or a peewee game or a peewee practice or the draft just happened and all of a sudden now he's he's a pro? The time does 
fly by and it's you know what I tell people always is don't wish it away I mean it's so hockey's such a all sports really but hockey's such a, a great way to learn life's lessons and it's over in the blink of an eye you know and everyone you know you kind of rush through it in today's sports age where you know let's get to the next level get to the next level and and uh, at some point it's going to end for everybody you know and very few are going to get the opportunity he just had and so it does uh, feel like you know I picture this little guy you know, and skates in the backyard rink, and it does seem like it was just moments ago. How much own personal satisfaction do you have? I mean, all the work and, and everything that led to the moment of Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of personal satisfaction. I think more so I'm just really happy for him. You know, we, we never got into this to to end up where, where the kids ended up or, you know, and where he ended up. It just kind of happened, you know, and I, for me, the satisfaction is more knowing the things that happen behind the scenes and the hard work that gets put in and getting up at six and seven in the morning and working out for three and four hours in the off season. And, and then, you know, dealing with things like, you know, losing, losing in the the first round of the playoffs, not getting what you want all the way through and being able to get back up and persevere. You know, those are the things that, that, they're just great life lessons and so whether he's going to do that in hockey or when his hockey career is over in business or whatever he chooses to do I mean those are the things that I that I think about mostly you've seen Ryan score many goals over the years I mean were those goals on Saturday just vintage Ryan paling goals yeah they were they were they're kind of uh, you know different they were all very different you know he doesn't shoot the puck a whole lot he passes more than he shoots and you know I think he had three or four shots that game and and uh you know, they ended up going in. So um, it, it really was kind of a neat thing. And and uh, it was fun to watch all the, the guys, even watching the, the players, you know, his teammates, they were taking great satisfaction in what was happening and smiling and, and everything else. And, and, you know, to know that he's going into an organization like that with that sort of uh, chemistry and quality of guys, he, he had so many good things to say about all the guys and how they welcomed him in. It makes you feel good as a parent. Take us through, what's the history with Charlie Lindgren? I mean, Charlie was a Lakeville kid, right? Yeah. You know, then he's the winning goalie. I mean, I mean, that just adds to the story. It does add to the story. So we know the Lindgrens really well. Um, uh, they have three boys. All my boys played, played hockey with their boys, although they didn't play with Charlie. So um, they played with Andrew and Ryan Lindgren. Charlie was a little bit older. So he left his senior year to go play in the USHL and, and took that route and played at St. Cloud as well and then signed and he's he's had a really good career so far as a goalie and we know their family really well. We were texting back and forth with, uh, uh, or Chris was texting back and forth with uh, Jennifer Lindgren throughout the game and and uh, so it was a pretty, pretty special moment that way. I talked with Charlie after the game too so that was great. I thanked him for the final save in the, in the, in the shootout, you know, to put the icing on the cake so they're a great family and and uh, it is kind of ironic that we're from the same same hometown. I'll leave you with this. I mean, you said that Ryan's emotional. Does he get his emotion from you, from mom? And if it's from mom, how did mom contain her emotions on Saturday? Yeah, I think he he probably gets a lot of his emotion from me. And uh, you know, uh, Chris can get emotional too. So it, it, it's probably a mix. But uh, you know, we both had our moments that night, and we really just had a lot of fun with it. And you know, tears in the eyes a little bit, and. Um, you know, I think Ryan is is a is truly a mix of of, uh, of both his mom and his dad. So, um, you know, it's just been 
it's just been a blessing, really. And what's next? I mean, just work his butt off this summer, and you know, you can't you can't assume anything, right? I mean, in his mind, he probably has to make the roster come training camp. Yeah, no, he for sure has to make the roster. So, um, I think this this experience will fire you know have fired him up to to work harder and to make sure that you know he does everything he can to try and earn a roster spot on that team. I know that's what his mentality will be, and and I think this experience will probably move it to the next level to put a little extra work. That was Tim Paling, Ryan Paling's dad. I've turned into a softie, admittedly, over the years since becoming a dad. But doing this now 22 years, I'm not quite sure there is anything better about my job than talking to a mom or dad of an athlete after that athlete hits his or her pinnacle, in this case, Ryan Paling, making his NHL debut on Saturday. The Scoop Podcast is brought to you by North Memorial Health. North Memorial Health has over 400 care providers and more than 6,000 team members that are dedicated to keeping you healthy. North Memorial Health is proud to partner with the Minnesota Vikings as they work to make Minnesota the healthiest in the league. They're more than a team. They're your health family. At North Memorial Health, customers are treated like family. Your health family is more than a tagline. It's a commitment to delivering unmatched customer service. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It means asking, what else can we do for you? North Memorial Health will treat you like family in a good way. The people at North Memorial Health will team up with you to help you achieve your best health. Step up your health game. Find your health family at northmemorial.com slash family. North Memorial Health. All right, let's knock out some notes on the Vikings. Let's go sequentially over the last few days, what this week will look like over the weekend. I had the news that they agreed to terms with backup quarterback, former third-round pick out of Oregon State, Sean Mannion, the former Ram. It's a one-year deal worth $900,000. The Vikings should announce that transaction at some point here this week. As for Monday, free agent wide receiver Jordan Taylor was in for a visit. The former Denver Bronco, yes, there is the Gary Kubiak connection. He knows both Kubiaks. He knows Rick Dennison. So he's got connections on the Viking staff. However, Taylor did commit to visiting the Seahawks before making a decision. So he is still taking his Seahawks visit on Wednesday. But certainly, I'm told the visit went well. He really likes Gary Kubiak and the other coaches that he knows here, so we still need to see how the situation plays out. But I was told, quote, the visit went very well for free agent wide receiver Jordan Taylor, who, oh, by the way, can also return punts. Didn't do it in high school, didn't do it in college, but started to do it for the Broncos in 2017 and did it pretty darn well. Tuesday, the Vikings will try out kickers Nick Rose and Young Ho Koo. Then on Thursday, the Vikings will have a couple quarterbacks in for tryouts. These quarterbacks will still be here as of now, even though the Vikings do have that verbal agreement with Sean Mannion. Those quarterbacks from the AAF are Brandon Silvers and John Walford. By the way, the two kickers, Rose and Koo, are AAF kickers. Then later in the week, Andre Dillard, presumed first-round pick, the offensive lineman out of Washington State. Andre Dillard will take a top-30 visit. With the Vikings. Another name to keep an eye on, defensive end Carter Schultz, Northern Iowa kid. He had a good run in the AAF. That is a name. That is a player. The defensive end that the Vikings have interest in. So keep an eye on that name or remember that name, Carter Schultz. One other NFL note. I had the news on Twitter. Shameless plug for my Twitter account. D. Wolfson KSTP on Rashid Hageman, former Minneapolis Washburn star, former Gopher star, former second round pick. 
by the Atlanta Falcons. He's been out of the NFL for nearly two years. He got a DUI back in June of last year, so he needs to serve a two-game suspension. He's been handed a two-game suspension if he signs with an NFL team. Well, here's more news. He visited the Falcons, his old team, last Wednesday. Yes, even the Vikings have kicked the tires on Rasheed Hageman, but the Falcons have all sorts of interest in bringing Rasheed Hageman back to their organization. So keep an eye on that. But if he does sign with the Falcons or the Vikings or some other NFL team, he will have to serve a two-game suspension. Rashid ended up retweeting my tweet about him, saying he accepts full responsibility for his actions. He will serve a two-game suspension. He is no longer on the commissioner's exemption list. So he will serve the two-game suspension, then he is eligible to play in the NFL come week three of this year. On the Wolves, I still... Playing on Ryan Saunders being the head coach. I will be shocked if somebody else is the head coach. All signs point to Ryan Saunders being the Wolves head coach full-time. The Wolves finished the regular season on Wednesday in Denver. By the way, Ryan was at the Final Four on Saturday. He'll be back at the Final Four tonight for the National Championship game. He wants to keep an eye on some of those players. You have a couple lottery picks. Jared Culver, DeAndre Hunter, Matt Mooney will end up on somebody's summer league team. I know the Wolves would have some interest in having Mooney play summer league for them. There's some other players to keep an eye on, so that should be a fun NCAA championship game for Ryan Saunders of the Wolves to scout later this evening. No Rodney Magruder's team. I've been asked about whether the Wolves would claim Rodney Magruder. They would have to waive somebody, although you could waive Jared Bayless or Mitch Creek. The idea would be that you would tender him a qualifying offer, thus then he would become a restricted free agent. Who cares about the last two games of this season? The idea would be if you look at Magruder as a piece, a guy that could help you next year, you would tender him that qualifying offer, then he would be an RFA this summer, then you could match any offer. But you'd end up having to pay him at least $3 million. Is Rodney Magruder worth $3 million? I know his name has come up internally, but right now as I record this, finishing up this podcast at 545 on Monday night, there isn't a sense yet. I'm not dismissing it, but there isn't a sense yet that the Wolves would put in a claim on the former Miami Heat part-time starter. He has started games this year for the Miami Heat. Rodney Magruder. The Wolves, by the way, had more than Ryan Saunders at the Final Four on Saturday. Some members of the front office were also in attendance. The scouting never stops. I ran into GM Scott Layden on Sunday at FanFest. He was watching the NBA Global Academy game. So these guys grind. There is always a scouting opportunity. So the Wolves, hey, whatever you think of Layden and some of the other members of the front office and some of the decisions they've made, I can tell you they grind pretty good, comparatively speaking, especially to some other organizations. They get out and about and get eyeballs on many, many players over the course of a calendar year. Some other notes, the Twins never had interest in free agent pitcher Dan Straley, who ended up signing with Baltimore. Pretty good pitcher, but the Twins never did kick the tires on Straley. On the topic of St. Thomas and its MIAC membership, I was told, unless something drastically changes, that the vote, I forget even when the vote is, Patrick Rice has been all over the MIAC story with St. Thomas, but I was told unless something drastically changes, all signs point to St. Thomas getting kicked out of the MIAC. That wouldn't be immediately. That would be like in a year or two. So for the 2019 season, St. Thomas would still be in the MIAC, but somewhere in the near future, a year or two down the road, they would be voted out of the MIAC. So something worth keeping an eye on if you're an MIAC sports fan. All right, what else do I have? Recruiting kicks in basketball-wise again on Thursday with some visits. I know Ben Johnson and the Xavier coach are expected in town unless this big snowstorm hits, but they'll be in town to have a home visit with Ben Carlson. I know that Purdue coach Matt Painter is also expected in town later this week to have a home visit with Ben Carlson. The Gophers coaches will be out and about aggressively recruiting 
the class of 2020. I had the news over the weekend on Twitter about Jason Williamson, the Owatonna running back. He was so good the last couple of years in the prep bowl. Really good recruiting get by P.J. Fleck and the Gophers. Unfortunately, he tore his ACL, his right ACL, in practice last week. So he will undergo surgery. Jason Williamson will redshirt officially this year for the Gophers football team. I'm bouncing all around because I scribbled a bunch of notes down. Back to Gophers basketball. I've actually heard a bunch of good things about Peyton Willis. The Vanderbilt transfer, that he can really fill it up. He is a really good shooter. There's been a lot of buzz about Marcus Carr, the Pittsburgh transfer. He'll be the Gopher starting point guard next year. But don't sleep on Peyton Willis, the Vandy transfer. I had a couple people that absolutely would know tell me, hey, don't forget about that name, Peyton Willis. We've heard you talk about Marcus Carr and the good buzz surrounding him. Willis can play. On Richard Patino. sure, he talked to Arkansas. My understanding is, and I told this to a bunch of people, might have even put it on social media, he was never Arkansas's top choice. So Arkansas would have had to swing and miss on a few people. Arkansas eventually got Eric Musselman, who should be on this podcast in the near future. I was texting with him over the weekend. But Arkansas was never zeroing in on Patino, even though there was some contact, whether it was with Patino's agent, Patino himself, there was definitely some dialogue. Arkansas and the Patino camp. But he was never going to get an Arkansas offer, and I'm not quite sure he ever wanted to accept an Arkansas offer, that the preference was to get a contract extension here. He got the contract extension. The buyout, though, is about what it would have been without an extension. It's $2 million after next season. Bottom line, the pressure is still on. I don't sense that Richard Patino, in his mind, can think that he gets an eighth year here. He gets a seventh year. He will be the Gophers coach for the 2019-2020 season, and hopefully all goes well. The Daniel Oturu is all Big Ten. You know, looks like a future NBA player. That Gabe Kausher gets better and better. That Marcus Carr is good. That Peyton Willis is good, like I'm talking about. That Jarvis O'Mersa takes a step forward. That the players they add, they still have some scholarships to play with. That those players help. Hey, maybe Amir Coffey is back, although I wouldn't dismiss Amir weighing even a two-way offer. Don't dismiss that possibility. But Amir has until May 29th to make a decision. But even if Amir is gone, that maybe he can still win, Patino can, next year, then guarantee himself an eighth year, the 2020-2021 season. But as we sit here on April 8th, there's no way that Richard Patino knows that he'll be here for an eighth year. So there's still enormous pressure on Patino next year. But the buyout did go up ever so slightly, and he did get a raise for next year. So even if Richard Patino ends up losing his job after next year, he can say, hey, there was a win there. I got a contract extension. I made more money for the 2019-2020 season. Jordan Murphy signed with an agent, Daniel Hazan. I don't know if I'm saying the last name correctly. I believe I am. But anyway, Daniel Hazan, who's got some clients that play overseas, some other clients around, out and about. And Jordan Murphy will end up doing a lot of his pro training outside of the Twin Cities. He'll train in the Twin Cities this week. Then he's got the Portsmouth Draft Invitational next week. And then he will be training not in Minnesota. I actually didn't find out where, but I know it's not here in Minnesota. Reed Travis, local guy, is declining an invitation to the Portsmouth pre-draft camp. Trey Jones making it official. He hinted at it on Instagram over the weekend. But Trey Jones, the former Apple Valley star, will go back to Duke for a second year. Now, I know that the Grizzlies, the Hornets... The Thunder, the Hawks, the Knicks, those were the teams that have been doing a ton of background work on Trey Jones. Those teams like Trey Jones. Trey can help his draft stock if he works on his jump shot. Let's say Trey makes 38% from three-point range next year or 40% from three-point range. Trey Jones will be a first-round pick 
in June of 2020. Now, if he doesn't, it'll be interesting. But I'm not convinced that Trey was going to be a first-round pick this year. I am surprised that he's not testing the waters. That why not go work out for teams, get some feedback. Then you could always go back to Duke in late May. You can say, hey, I'm going back to Duke on May 28th. So I am surprised that this early in the process he said, hey, I am coming back to Duke for my sophomore year. But, hey, he does have parts of his game that he needs to work on to be an NBA player, and I just know that he thinks the world of Duke basketball. He loves the aura of Duke basketball. He loves being a part of Duke basketball. He loves Mike Krzyzewski. Hey, there's a decent chance he has Matthew Hurt of Rochester John Marshall as a teammate next year. So there's a lot to love about being on the Duke basketball team, and I know that Trey Jones really feels incredibly loved down in Durham. He just he loves everything about being a Duke basketball player. So I guess maybe I'm not completely shocked that Trey Jones will be back for a second year. But no doubt in my mind that Trey Jones is a pro player, is an NBA player one day. The question is, how much can he help his draft stock in the next year? All right, I am done. I may be heading down to U.S. Bank Stadium trying to make a decision on that. So I will wrap up the podcast now. This has been Scoop Podcast Episode 219 here on the 8th of April, Monday, the 8th of April. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.